What? Nothing. You look like you want to tell me something. No. No, I'm just sitting here. Oh. Oh, dear. Oh. So clumsy. What's that? This. Oh, it's just my, my novel. All right, yeah. Best in Galaxy novel, is it? No, 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 no. That's not out till October time. Uh, no, this is my first novel. Oh, yeah? What's it called? Swiped Out. All right. What's it about? Well, it's about a fellow whose mum becomes seriously ill, so he decides to try and fulfil her wish for him to find his soulmate, you know, before time runs out. Anyway, he tries the dating apps, meets the serial data, and the silly sausage ends up getting a bit addicted to it. Uh, is it funny? Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. Where can you get it? Oh, you can get it from Amazon.com or Amazon.co.uk. It's available on Kindle, print, and Kindle Unlimited for free. Free, eh? I'll go for that one, I think. Bit rude. Right, well, if that's it, can we get on with this episode, please? Yes, yes. Go for it. Right, good. Here's chapter three for the Best in Galaxy audiobook. Chapter 3 Arrivals Stooge possessed unwavering confidence that his life on Von Divot had indeed expired. What had just happened wasn't just some inexplicable nightmare. One minute he was harboring the recipe of the secret of creation. The next, his entire world seemed to literally collapse on top of his head. His soul had made for a quick exit from his anatomy and undoubtedly returned home. Almost instantaneously, a pleasant flash of warm light had comfortably cocooned and transported him from Von Divot to a place of seemingly unconditional serenity. Stooch gave himself the once over, as is often the way with people when they reach arrivals. His appearance was exactly the same as his human form back on Von Divot. He would have felt some kind of disappointment, but in this place, there seemed to be no place for negative thoughts or emotions. There seemed to be no such thing as fear, anger, sadness, or any of the other emotions that would usually knock a person out of sorts. He sponged his fingers in and out with all the elegance of an exercising jellyfish then tried to clench his fist. His fingers slipped through his now ethereal palm, back into their correct position. Although he wasn't a solid mass, he still felt human. He still existed as himself. He was still 100% stooch. Maybe this had been his true form all along. He felt perfect. There wasn't an atom out of place, not that he seemed to be made up of anything from the physical world in this somewhat gaseous form. There were no odd, intermittent twinges of random pain anymore, no aching limbs or sporadic heart palpitations. Everything about his being was flawless. It appeared that his soul had truly departed from his Von Dividian existence and ended up here, a place that felt like home. But exactly where in the universe was this new causer of his? This was a particularly eye-opening experience for him, because on Von Divot, 
there were no religions that offered the promise of a comforting or indeed terrifying afterlife. People just persevered with their lives and enjoyed them, not feeling the need to question their existence. Folks were too concerned with going about their business to worry about trivial things, such as what might happen after the finish line. Quite a nice way to be, really, if you think about it. Stooch felt like he was somewhere, so he couldn't technically be dead. In fact, now it seemed to him that death may not even be a thing. His human carcass may be an all-you-can-eat buffet for Slitherons back down, or indeed up, on Von Divin, but his soul had clearly arrived here for some kind of fresh start. He was currently gliding above a carriageway of light, formed of twisted rainbow plaits, comprised of billions of colors, many that he had never seen before, including some that would simply be incomprehensible to a puny human brain. No disrespect to anyone reading this that happens to be human, of course. The carriageway transported him to a progressively brighter array of lights up ahead, which he soared towards with all the elegance of a blue magoo bird. He was surrounded by the tranquility of outer space, dotted with magnificently detailed star patterns. He somehow intuitively knew exactly where in the universe these stars were. Therefore, he came to realize exactly where he was. Let me tell you this, it was not a place for organic life as we know it, but it was a place that existed in our known universe. And by known universe, I mean, even the bits that the most seasoned of intergalactic travelers probably don't know about. This place wasn't some off-the-grid heavenly joint that you might hear about from a leaflet that drops unsolicited through your front door. Oh, no. It was somewhere real. It was, of course, an inner life sector. One of many dotted around the known and unknown universe. Stooch had the feeling that he could go anywhere he wanted. It was as if he now had a map of the entire universe, hardwired into his consciousness. He felt content. In fact, he felt nothing except for joy and happiness all around him. But best of all, he felt free. Pure, uncut freedom. He was free from worry, from any responsibility. There was simply nothing that he had to do. There was nobody to look after. There were no chores to complete. And there was nowhere he had to be. He didn't even need to breathe. He could simply be. If he were back on Von Divot, Stooch would have had concerns that this feeling would eventually become tedious. But, as I mentioned before, negative thoughts were left behind like a pair of muddy boots in a porch. Stooch felt connected to something more enormous than he would ever have been able to understand with his human brain. He felt important, and not in an arrogant way either. He remembered having vague flashes of this utopian feeling at points during his life on Von Divot, but nothing on this level. Even though it appeared that he was alone at this particular moment, he felt far from that. He was the final piece of a jigsaw, 
slotting comfortably into place among his brothers, manifesting the majesty of a complete picture for the first time. A part of what he believed to be the sauce, the ground root of the universe. He took a moment to take it all in. Stooch was an important piece of universal energy, connected to a colossal universal mind that was bound to everything. He seemed to be able to tune into anything he wanted to at will. He could probably even see what you were looking at last night on your laptop if he wanted to. And yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself. His intuition seemed to have a newly reinforced strength, and it told him that it was time to move. It was weird floating around in space with the same appearance as when he was a solid mass. His acquired universal knowledge told him that because this was the last form that he took, this is how he would remain, until he manifested some other kind of molecular matter that his soul could reside within. He had chosen this appearance as his last incarnation. Before that, it was anyone's guess what he looked like. Suddenly, he became drawn to something. It was as if he had an inbuilt satnap, creating subconscious signs that pointed him towards the direction of where he needed to be. Heck, he could even choose the voice he wanted for the satnav without the need of a pesky subscription. Stooch didn't feel the need to doubt his intuition as he did back on Von Dibben. He just went with the flow of it until suddenly he was stopped in his tracks by a somewhat clumsier ethereal being that wafted its way in front of him. Brother! Patch? I thought you were the satnav. Huh? Nothing, it doesn't matter. Man, I am so glad you're dead. I'm so glad you're dead too. Although, I was kind of expecting you. Me too. And look at this. We're ghosts. We're literally haunting each other. Patch poked an ethereal finger into Stooch's somewhat gaseous belly, which created one hell of a satisfying kaleidoscopic sinkhole. Whoa! The path of light ahead seemed to form a cozy and inviting tunnel around them both. Shall we? Patch accepted the invitation as the path morphed into a knot of colors that twisted around, leading them to a thriving bustle of souls wandering around an immaculately decorated lobby. The place wasn't too aesthetically dissimilar to the exquisite decor of the Royal Von Dividian Palace they'd left less than half an hour ago. Voices echoed harmoniously throughout the Grand Hall. It was full of a diverse collection of creatures, some familiar, some not so. There were even creatures that seemed to be made up from just liquids. During their human lives, Patch and Stooch were seasoned interplanetary travelers, although Stooch was always the designated driver. Patch just couldn't grasp taking control of a vehicle, mainly due to his appalling sense of direction. That and the fact that he was one hell of a lazy ass. Space travel was very much a thing in their particular section of the universe, so they were quite blasé when it came to interacting with alien life. They traveled a great deal in their roles as ambassadors for Von Divot, so had seen a fair bit of their galaxy. Even though that was the case, to Patch and Stooch, 
this place had its fair share of oddballs. Look at that fella over there. I mean, what even is that? That's ridiculous, having an octopax for a face. She seems to speak perfect Von Dividian, though. She's got a southern accent as well, just like us. This is bananas. Bananas? Yeah, apparently that's something people from Quaffio say. A spirit I passed on the way to you told me. Thought I'd make use of it. I like it. Do you know what? Something tells me we're all at one now. That's why everyone can understand each other. I don't think that's Von Dividian they're speaking. It's this weird universal tongue. But we don't have tongues. We're like gases. I didn't mean... Why do you have to complicate things? I can actually speak without opening my mouth if I want. Look, see? Whoa, that's just weird. Yeah. Please don't do that. Anyway, the bottom line is, I don't even think we're speaking Von Dividian anymore. I think you're right. What happens now then? Do we just chill here forever? I don't want to be that guy, but I've noticed there's a distinct lack of seating. Not to mention beds. Not that I feel the need to sit down for some reason. Hmm. Is there a reception or something? Garçon? Garçon? What's a garçon? Someone like that gets you stuff. That bloke from Coffeeo told me. Nice fella, human, about four fingers on each hand. Whoa. I know, right, yeah. The last souls looked around to see what everyone else was doing. Nobody seemed to be paying them much attention. Back on Von Divid, they were leaders. But in this place, they were equals among the rest. They took in the scene around them as a huge group of beings seemed to move towards three elegantly decorated portals, made up from an enormous middle portal, with a smaller one either side of it. The portals were all beautifully designed, with constantly swirling chromed arches. They were by no means solid. The two smaller portals had what looked like thick, plush curtains tucked neatly into the sides of them. The curtains seemed to have a weathered feel to them, like those you'd find in an old run-down theater. The middle portal seemed to be locked and had an aura of extreme importance about it. It also had the vibe of a no-go area. Everything else that surrounded the portals seemed to be made up of poetically mathematical patterns. Even the swirling carpet below, which was like the type you'd find in an old watering hole, that was in desperate need of modernization. This place had clearly been in existence for a long time. Some of the lobby creatures seemed to bid each other farewell as they moved in front of each of the smaller portals. Nobody seemed to be heading for the larger one. After a bright and soothing flash, everyone had disappeared, and it was the only two ex-Fondevideans that remained. Right then, a beautiful voice echoed through the grand lobby. The voice sang her first words with a delightfully musical tone. Well, hey there, boys. 